and lavish each other with mercy, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so for tonight, what we did was we split it up into three sections um, for us talking to you guys. So we're going to talk a little bit about the past, a little bit about the present, and a little bit about the future in that order. So to start off with, when we say the past, really what we're going to say is most of it's going to be from Irma to today, but we're going to go a little bit behind that. But at first, we're going to just talk about the church history a little bit um, and just celebrate where we are since Jay came in as lead. I can't handle the look that Jen is giving you right now. Jen. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you. Rest anyway, in face. All right, so let me, let, let me just jump in really quick, y'all. So I, number one, I just want to thank y'all for being here, and uh, I know it's raining out tonight and everything, um, so I appreciate y'all coming out just to join us for the town hall meeting. I, um, I don't expect to tell y'all anything super deep. We just, life has been absolutely going like 100 miles per hour. And it seems like that's been happening like for months and, and, and whatnot in our church. And it just, you know, me and Jeremy were talking and we felt like to have a town hall and bring everybody up to date just on, I just feel like we've been flying by a whole bunch of conversations and not being able to kind of sit and kind of talk through stuff and bring it to light and everything. Um, and then and then we just made the announcement about two weeks ago about Pastor Jeremy and, and um, Jen um, leaving in January. So we wanted to make sure everybody had an opportunity to ask any questions about that, punch on them, whatever you want to do. Or on us. Or Try to uncover dirt. Have, however you want to do it. So we wanted to make sure that could happen. Um, and so we'll just kind of jump into it. I think the first place to start tonight is, is with some, I guess, the good news. So we'll jump into some financial stuff. Yeah. All right. This will be really quick. Hey, Phil, can you put up the slide for us? For most people looking at finances, this is going to look rather pitiful to them. Um, Pie charts. All right. Go to the, uh, go to that 2016. You got to make it look. Hit the other one. Start off with the worst first. So you could look like we got it together. All right, there you go. So this is um, the 2016 expenses for the Ville Church. We're going January 1st through August 22nd. The reason we're doing that is because we actually intended on having this meeting a lot earlier than this. And like we said, stuff has been crazy and so many things have been getting pushed back. Um, but we're just looking at finances from January 1st through August 22nd, and this is actually our, ex our expenses in 2016. And so in January of 2016 is when I would have taken over the church. And I think y'all have heard us talk about this before, but one of the things we did was... No, the January 2017. So this is when Matt was here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, excuse me, June, pardon me. I didn't say June. Yeah, June. Yeah, that's why, Jimmy, there you go, see? Um, so June 2016. And so what we did at that time, we started throwing off whatever we could, like just expenses wise, trying to get all the heavy stuff off the boat to make sure we could stay afloat. Um, our church, just to give you an idea of the categories you're seeing, like when you're looking at church planning, you're looking at our fees to our network to Acts 29. Um, our urban ministry is anything we would have done with EVAC, any trips, any stuff like that. Um, equipping ministries, any training materials different things like that. Our admin is all of our systems we have to run, whether it's for finances, like um, giving fire. Jen, you could scream from the crowd if I'm missing stuff. All right, cool. All right. Um, facility, 
paying rent for this building every month and um, doing all that stuff. And then staff is all of the salaries and anything we have to pay out like that. So that's 2016. The expenses were $274,826.48. Um, Phil, will you jump to 2017? Yeah, bear with me. My voice is holding on for dear life. All right, so 2017, we definitely got a bit lighter. All right, so our total expenses were $179,538.05. Um, let's give it up for Jen Shirky for being on point with the finances down to the five to the nickel. All right, all right, and so this is pretty much, we, we pretty much cut down staff, so it's $116,158 for staff. Um, and you can kind of see the different categories we have over here. There's merchandise and retail, merchandise and retail added on there. Phil, you can go to the next slide. So we cut down finances pretty big going into 2017. Um, a lot of y'all um, know that our, our finances, we get a lot of external giving from other churches that support us. Um, and so we um, were at 74% in 2017 for our internal giving, and we relied on external 26% as opposed to 2016 at 42%. So pretty much when it comes to the trajectory of our church, what we would like to do is be self-sustainable because our thing is one of our missions is to be a church that plants other churches, right? And so you can't really plant another church if you don't have any water to water your own plant. I just made that up anyway. Nobody <laughs> caught it. But... <laughs> the point good. is, that's is that good. we want to work towards financial um, sustainability and be independent and be able to support our own church from within our church and then be able to go out and actually support another church from out of our church as well. But that is a big improvement for our church for us to be able to um, streamline our finances to, to work off a lower budget and to also um, be able to handle it internally better. So I'd like to jump in. So one thing that I think Jay's done actually really, really well uh, since coming like lead pastor in June is, I mean, we were running deficit every month and trying to stay afloat. That was, I mean, behind the scenes, we were trying to stay afloat. And so when he's saying we streamline, we streamline because we want to be more sustainable. And to jump from 58% internal uh, to 74% internal is... It's amazing. In one year for us to get that, just to make that leap is really good. And for one day, hopefully, to just cut off all external and keep building inside the church. I mean, that's the goal. So if any church plant, like, this is what you want to see. But we were, we were teetering there for a little bit. Yeah. One day will be somebody else's external is, yeah. is the goal, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Phil, I think you have one more slide, don't you? Is that it? Okay. This is the really good one right here. All right, y'all ready for this? So in 2016, um, we were at a negative of $7,185.48. 2017, $130.35. In the bank. That's pretty good. So, I mean, I know we're kind of joking about this, but, like, seriously... Our church has been here, what, we're coming up on five years, and this is what it is for a church plant, just to be honest with you. Um, 
I was just out of town. I was with a friend. He has a church in New York, in the Bronx. I think he's in Washington Heights, something like that. And they pay $7,000 a month for rent. And they have service at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They pay it to another church, which I feel like we should go find whoever passes that church because <laughs> they shouldn't be charging another church $7,000 to use the, you know, you get where I'm coming from. But just for one day. Yeah, for one day a week. Yeah. And so, and then I have several friends that are in those circumstances. And so it really took me kind of going around talking to some of my friends that are church planners also to really realize how blessed we have been to get this building, to have the space that we have. Um, but it is a it is up a up the hill battle, but I feel like God has been really faithful to us in it. Um, so you know we don't despise small beginnings. One hundred and thirty dollars profit is actually a very big deal um, because it's just God is just being faithful, and so we're not done. It's not the end of our story. And actually, and, and in actuality, just with what we just did with the GoFundMe and everything else, and just the faithfulness of just people, especially a lot of other churches, um, the numbers actually would look better than this right here, but mm -hmm. I'm just, at the end of the day, I know we don't have a, a cool bar graph up here, but the trajectory is kind of, you know, we're looking like Bitcoin right now a little bit. <laughs> Where are my Bitcoin? They don't know. All right, I'm going to leave it alone. But it's a blessing, so we thank God for it. And when it comes to a specifically an urban church plant or, some, or a church that's inside of a, a zone one context, it takes a bit. Everybody doesn't come to the table with a whole pocket full of money and everything else. But our church, it says a lot for us because people have been really faithful with their giving and pouring into what God is doing through the Ville Church. And so I think that's worth clapping for. Yeah. Nice. All right. You want to add to that? So uh, that's we're going to move forward now to Irma. And basically what we were kind of planning. For, well, we're not even going to get into that yet. We're going to say. What happened, Jay, when Irma hit, and what's happened since then to now? Okay, yeah, so just I just want to give everybody an update on this stuff because I don't know how it feels to everybody sitting in the seats, but sometimes from, like, for me, it feels like um, people in the church, like, what like what in the world is going on? And so, and so this, it just feels like this divide from me being able to communicate all the time. Um, with people exactly what we're kind of dealing with and what's going on in our lives and everything. But, you know, pre-Irma, we were um, we were ready to, we had all type of big ideas for discipleship and everything else. We had a town hall meeting already set up. We were working on our charts and everything else. You know, we we're just like ready to run. For and this fall. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And mm -hmm. so when Irma hit, it made us, you know, when Irma hit and then also, um, us, as we're discussing with, about um, Pastor Jeremy and Jen leaving as well, we just knew that we were going to have to put off a lot of stuff and really start running in 2018 um, because we just want to, number one, we wanted to, I'm, a, I'm about to mess up our whole order. Is that all right? Sure. Yeah, so, like, I know a lot of people really want to, no, no, pick it back up because I need you to keep me on point. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, I know a lot of people want to see, ages 9 through um, 12 in kids. Am I right? Anybody in here? Throw your hands in there if you agree with that. So, like, we really, really want to get, get make that happen really, really bad. But we also are going to be looking to replace 
um, Jen as the director of Kidsville, and we wanted to be wise about that also. So I just I, I want people to know that that we actually are kind of aching to make that happen as well, and to see something happen for teens. I know a lot of people have kids that are aging out of the smaller classes, and they're kind of like, "What are my babies going to do?" and stuff, and, you know. And then Jeremy's preaching on Sunday with all these big words or whatever, and they're like, "My kids don't know what that actually is." Or whatever. <laughs> all these shirkyisms and stuff, and so. Um, I just want you, what I really wanted y'all to know is that that's very heavy on our heart too, um, and so we we are going to move forward with that with intentionality, um, but we also want to be wise also to make sure the director we get in place doesn't you know jump in with a brand new ministry while they're also learning you know all the bells and whistles of kids and stuff. Um, yeah. Something I want to say too that I mean we all know that Irma hit the building and flooded all this stuff and we probably had we estimated like fourteen thousand five hundred dollars worth of damage and. Through people like Flourish Now, Journey Church, 1122, GoFundMe, all these other people, it's all covered. It was all covered plus some. And so somehow Irma damaging this building actually turned into a blessing for our church, which is crazy. Most definitely. And I I think we also, I think it's extremely humbling and just amazing the amount of um, love we've received from other churches. I mean, like, just, you know, y'all know my house flooded also, but um, just 1122 sent a team over to tear my walls out in my house. Um, I just seen Pastor Joby the other day. He gave me, like, $500 in, in gift cards or whatever, and they just were like, hey, we'll rent your house or whatever. And I know they wouldn't even want me to even say that, but I'm going to say it because it's been an amazing just to see a church really be that giving. And I'm just one of the many people. They had a Irma task force squad running around the city or whatever. Um, and so I was like, man, one day the Ville is going to have a task force squad for hurricanes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but seriously, it made me really envious and wanna, want us to give like that. You know what I'm saying? So that was absolutely crazy to, to um, experience that and flourish now that we did the um, – the job fair in Brentwood with they came through and they did a, a fundraiser for us also um and journey church and so man god loves us just is what it is it's always been the case we're still here because he's just been faithful and loving to us and giving us a lot of favor with people yeah and uh so we just wanted to celebrate them yeah i mean because at the end of the day our back was kind of against the wall yeah. after irma like yeah. we, like we're saying we had stuff planned for the fall but then with with Irma, you know, we had to take literally two weeks at least straight just focusing on the building. And then Jay is living in a hotel. He can't even go home. And it, it's just been so crazy. So, um, you know, I think where we can go with that is like, yeah, we had to push a lot of things. So we should go now from the past to the present here. Like, where are we at as a church? Like, where are you guys at and, um, since, since Irma? That's what I mean. Yeah, so, well, let me just update y'all kind of personally where we're at. So, me and Lana are at home with the kids. Half of our house is still, like, down to the bare wood and all that stuff, to the to the beams and everything. And so, we're going through the process of just dancing with insurance and all that. Thank God we had flood insurance. Um, I'm sure Lana made that decision or whatever. But, because I'm, I'm cheap, I would have been like, we don't need it, you know. It's fine. We'll be all right. <laughs> but, uh. But, yeah, so we're, just, we're going through that process, and it just seems like it keeps getting a little bit longer and longer or whatever, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. And then we have quite a bit of construction to do in our room. Um, and so we're sleeping in Monty's room. 
you know, in her bed. Well, it's a good thing that, like, I don't have a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah, it's great, yeah. That's cool. It's really good. Sleeping in Monty's room with the baby, Zion's in the living room, clothes everywhere. It's really great, y'all. And uh, but it's it's uncomfortable, but we're we're as um, as I always say, we're thugging through, like we do, right? So we're just pushing through and stuff, but it's all good. Okay, so from the past, like we were planning on discipleship stuff, like that was going to be a really big, like DNA part of this church. Like we want everyone to be discipled. We want that to be a focus of our church. So right now, what does discipleship look like? Yeah. So right now, um, and and. So right now for discipleship, we have two house parties in place that most of y'all know about. And that is um, Tony Johnson and that is Lois Nelson, right? So we're doing both of those. Um, we, so right now, we actually have a discipleship team, which is pretty much me, um, Tony, and Lois. And it's so we can actually start dreaming about discipleship for this church. Um, I think one of the things that has happened from when this church first started um, and I think this is typical of any type of urban church plant, especially when you're talking about a church that is devoted to um, being multicultural and, and makes that a big part of the conversation. Um, you keep having these epiphanies along the way. And I think, you know, so we all have our kind of different church experiences that, you know, we've been a part of. And I think for most of us, they're, they're probably been mostly like homogenous or something like that where we're in an all-white church or all-black church or all-hispanic church whatever it may be um and so as we've come together as a church to do um just life cross-culturally there's been uh it, it makes everybody a learner in the room um and the ways that we normally do stuff just don't simply work in this context anymore. And so there's a need to look for a specific type of discipleship um, to, uh, for us to all learn, for us to all, um, so we won't drag the mission and make it slow, but so we could actually run. Um, a lot of things that we're thinking about is like community development. Like how do we actually be inside of the community, not come in as actual visitors and just do church here and then actually leave or whatever. But how do we actually come in the community, become a part of the community? How do we support the businesses that are in the community um, and, and, and just things like that? So we want to be very intentional like that. Um, one of the things we did just recently was me, um, Jen Verchoff, and Big Phil, we all went to Detroit to the Christian Community Development Association, which is uh, Dr. John Perkins. If you don't know who he is, get his stuff and read it. Um, but this is what they this is what they do. They're Christians. They hold to the gospel um, really, really tight. But they are about how do we take the long vision of actually seeing a community change. Um, and nobody comes to that table knowing all the answers to that. To that. <coughs> There's so many nuances and different things. And so as a church, we want to take the time to just be patient at this moment um, and just um, you know, we're going to do the two house parties, but we're going to be spending the time developing what we're going to launch in the beginning of 2018 and, and have a more. Let me let me plan. ask you a yeah. question I think a lot of people have. So there were five house parties last year. Yeah. And this year is two. Yeah. Why? Um, so the, so what we want to really um, that's a good question. So we want to. We want to slim it down, and we want it to pretty much retrain our leaders. So when we're talking about discipleship, we're also talking about discipleship of our leaders also because we're just, you know, like I said, there's awareness that there's a, um, there's a, there's a 
a breach kind of in our learning pattern that we want to be responsible with and we want to equip our leaders better and, uh, and, and just be more efficient and thorough in the conversation of how we build leaders in the room and, and that they're geared specifically specifically for this context i think mostly like you know what normally happens with churches whatever if somebody pops in they're sharp seem like they got it together highly educated it's like cool throw them in the game and they love the lord in in this particular context in a multicultural setting inside of the community we're in if you don't understand how that part works all that other stuff kind of goes out the window and so we want to um we we want to we want to be wise about that you know what i'm saying this is a, um, it's it's very it, it's a very taxing calling that I believe God has given to our church or whatever can make you weary. So we want to be wise with it and equip people well, um, and 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 give them as much information up front and as we walk through stuff. Yeah. Um, something else I wanted to bring up too is uh, so I think this summer when we were talking about like our vision for the year and what it looked like, like discipleship was like up there as one of like the key things. And the way we kind of viewed it is we, we saw it as a trickle-down discipleship. as a term I coined. I bitcoined. And um, y'all can buy some stock if y'all want. Uh, but basically, what that means is, like, we disciple leaders, and the leaders disciple people in the church, and the people in the church disciple people. Because you can disciple anybody. You, you don't have to be a Christian to be discipled. Um, but we would hope that as Christians, we're always, whoever we're in contact with, we're discipling and helping point them to Jesus. Um, but even for us, one of the questions was like, well, how are you guys getting discipled? I mean, if y'all are at the top, who's discipling you? So I think that's a, maybe a question that uh, Jay can answer. I, for myself, um, besides, you know, being with Jay, because we have a small number of people at the top, like, uh, I go to this guy whose name's Ray, and he he basically disciples people in vocational ministry, and I meet with them. Probably. Are you making this up? No, I know you're not. I'm just playing. Okay. It just sounded like it when you said I go to this guy named Ray. I thought it's like you're making no, make a joke. Is this guy Bob? Um, no, that's not true. His name's Ray, and he's been great. I've been meeting with him like every other week, and I mean, you can ask Jen. I don't have to. Uh, well, I just want to testify, like, it's been just so helpful in my marriage and helpful in the ministry and everything. So that's been really great for me, and I know Jay's been doing stuff, too. Is that true, Jen? <laughs> All right. So, 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 yeah, discipleship for us pretty much, like, for me, a lot of the discipleship stuff comes out of Acts 29, just being in that network or whatever. I'm in a, um, right now, I'm in a, a bi-monthly cohort or whatever, um, so... Sometimes when y'all hit me up and I'm, like, gone for, like, three days or something like that, it's pretty much from that cohort or a one-day cohort um, or just the relationships I have over there. Just to be honest, 1122 has really been um, a big in those relationships over there. Pastor, Matt, Pastor Adam Flint and then a couple other pastors I have here that we rub shoulders with. And then, um, and then Ruth from our board also, Ruth from Second Mile is super huge. Like, I call Ruth with a lot of hard stuff or whatever. And she's super sharp, so um, that's pretty much it. And then besides me and Shirk Dog over here, yeah, thugging it out. We do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, all right, so and I hope if you guys have questions. What's so funny? What's with all the reactions, Jen? Oh, good. Okay. Cool. Trying to be My serious. My wife thinks I'm funny, so that's cool. Trying to be serious. Um, anyway... I hope you guys are taking notes because at the end, I want you guys to ask questions because we want to answer them.
We're going to transition, though, right now to talk about Kidsville, which I'm going to actually need Jen to come up and say some things. Are you ready? Okay. Let's give it up for Jen. Jen. No, you can have a seat right here, Jen. Um, I did want to go back to the financial thing. I think something that I, when we were originally doing it, because I've been in it for a while, is um, we have a lot less money and we're doing a lot more in the community. I think that's something to say was um, in the pie graph, it's not worth going back, but we've really expanded our equipping and ministry, which is our internal reach. So that's like you guys and us and getting food for stuff, also buying curriculum for kids books for some of the classes, but then urban ministry kind of going outside our doors. We're doing a lot more with like a quarter of the staff. So just a applause to Jay. You're a great leader. Doing awesome. Pay you later. It's impressive. Um, uh, Kidsville, uh, so just the where we were and everything. Irma um, took away a lot of stuff, but thankfully it took away the carpet, which was just really a gift from God. And it was like one of those things where I'm like, oh, we should get a new carpet, but that's frivolous. And it's like, ah, we have vinyl, vinyl flooring. It's awesome. Um, so the carpet's gone. Um, we have all new flooring in all our rooms. We have all new drywall. We've painted all new designs that Jay's personally made. They're all really cool. Um, and then every single room is completely re-equipped with toys that are a little bit more kind of to the ages that are actually in the room and allows them more discovery play. If you have big kids um, in your family, they have toys now in their room, so the kids actually get to play as they learn. We're trying to do a little bit more of that for them and kind of move away from the lecture style they were getting before. Um, So that's kind of since Irma what's happened in the rooms. Um, We have a new curriculum. We're a month into it. We were like one week into doing it and Irma hit. Then, like, my soul just flooded away with all the water, and we had to completely redo everything <laughs> that I that the new curriculum launched. So we're finally in it. Um, I think this is our last week where all the teachers are new and getting it for the first time. Um, so next week will be, like, our debut. We know what we're doing. Um, and it's really great. It's really interactive. The kids are playing and learning, and it's really tailored to their ages. Um, so, so far, it's been really, really fun, and the kids are – We've had a couple kids crying because they don't want to leave, and that's like a super big upgrade from maybe what they used to do when they left. No, <laughs> yeah, different reason for crying. Um, good. Um, and we have a lot more volunteers in the room. That's been great. We have um, three volunteers in each room, which is good for the kids to get a little bit more one-on-one and then the um, volunteer sanity. And then we are putting more training in place. We're trying to do more cross-cultural training, but our next thing that got put off from Irma, the next thing on the docket is um, more class management, just so the teachers kind of feel a bit more confident with the kids. So I feel like Kidsville is like in this dome and no one kind of gets to see it. I kind of want to just make this massive window, but then we'd never listen to the sermon. So would be like, why is there yellow paint everywhere? Um, but I wanted to give you guys a look at kind of what's going on. It's a lot more fun and a lot more clean. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about was the expansion. Um, we should be in the next month or two, probably expanding into another room for our current age room. We're kind of full, which is a really cool gift. We have two, one to three new families every week. Um, so we've been expanding for a while now, um, and we're getting tight. 
So we are going to probably be making a second toddler room to kind of play with the ages a little bit more and separate maybe a two-year-old from a four-year-old, which if you have kids is a huge gap in how you learn. Um, and then we also are working on the 9 to 12, which has been something on our minds for a while now, um, which will probably come after my transition. Um, but we'll be, we're dreaming and making the logistics in place, so hopefully the next person just gets to put it in place and run with it. But I think that's the kids' full update. That's it. All right. Um, so, Jen, you can stay up here. Because um, we're going to transition from that, because that was our last present thing, and now we're going to head into the future. So the first thing is the rest. Do you just want to walk around? Okay. Uh, so the first thing we're going to do is talk about from, like, now for the rest of 2017. What does that look like? And the first thing we're going to tackle is questions and thoughts about our transition. Because we said, we told everybody that in January we're going to be transitioning out. Um, so what does that look like for Kidsville? What does that look like? for what I do here and how, um, I mean, basically we're going to talk about, you know, what does replacement look like? How do we do things structurally if that's different? Yeah. So Jay can handle that for. Yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of people, that's one of the main questions we get is pretty much how, um, what are we going to do to actually replace Jeremy, um, Pastor Jeremy and with um, replacing Jen's roles. Jen does finances. She does um, Kidsville as well. And she does admin at the moment. Um, so it's quite a bit to actually replace or whatever. So we're kind of re, re, like rewriting kind of the job roles um, for those positions. And we'll actually be looking to hire for them really soon. Um, Pastor Jeremy is just irreplaceable. Um, so we don't, you know, who could actually walk in his shoes or whatever? I don't think anybody can. But um, y'all can smile a little bit if you like or whatever. Yeah, sorry. Okay. All right, cool. So, but anyway, we, th this is pretty much where we're at with it right now. Uh, we're not looking to, um, to replace Pastor Jeremy um, immediately. At least that's not the thought. Um, reason being is, number one, the position is, like, what we actually need. Um, I think we have more of an awareness of, like, what, um, what the role actually looks like. And, and, what, and, and it's very specific. It's hard to find people who have any experience inside of a multicultural church that have experience engage in conversation when it comes to race. Um, so there's plenty of people who are actually just hungry to preach the word, lead, shepherd people, and they're amazing and everything else. But um, it, 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 it just is not, it just doesn't work for us if they don't understand what we're actually in the middle of. So we're gonna actually be really patient with trying to find that person. Um, and so that'll be something that, I mean, it's something that we already have our eyes on right now at the moment, but we're not, um, going in thinking, hey, we have to fill this role. But one of the things we have been doing, like if you've noticed, um, Jen Verichoff has been donating like 10 hours a week as a volunteer for us. So she's been helping with some of the assimilation stuff when it comes to hospitality, when it comes to um, facilities, and, um, and even with our connecting. So we're looking to actually um, take some of the roles and responsibilities that Pastor Jeremy has and kind of um, kind of flush them out to different teams. Um, and then so as far as me and uh, Big Phil, we'll be picking up some more responsibilities. Um, and that's and we're doing that to, to carry us for a time being until we actually find the person to actually cover that role. Um, but also some of the roles that um, 
have been um, that um, Jen has been doing. They'll look a little bit different also. Some of them will be more expanded. Instead of it being one person carrying three different things, that may go to different people where they can carry some of Pastor Shirky's roles as well. Um, so that's, that's to give you kind of an idea. Um, that's pretty much where we're actually looking with that. And uh, does that answer, Shirk? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh, what we've talked about is that with the Kidsville role, it's looking like maybe a part-time role in the future for somebody yeah. uh, paid, and then probably some admin stuff that could be, yeah. you know, whatever the word is that we do out outsourced, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so with that being said, um, where do we where do we see ourselves going forward structurally as like just leadership in general, Jay, like. Who, who is leading this church? So when you say that, you're talking about as far as elders and everything else. Like, like when you see, like, uh, how we've done is we have different teams for different things. Yeah. Um, there's, like, the elders who shepherd the church. There's, there's you know, the discipleship team you mentioned. There's, yeah. you know, obviously even down to, like, production, hospitality, whatever. Yeah. How, how do you see that all playing out? Yeah, that's that, I'm glad you asked that. That's another question people have asked as well. So right now... Um, me and Tony is actually going to probably end up being our official first elder that we put in place at, at the church. Um, structurally, um, and this hasn't been flushed out because some of these conversations will happen when, um, when Tony becomes an elder. But the way we'll probably structure our church is that a pastor will be an elder um, and then there'll be a um, but other pastors on our team won't be elders. Um, there'll be an actual elder team. And so Tony will be the first of the of uh, the actual elders we have here with us and then we'll start building up a process for actually raising up el other elders out of our church um one of the things we're going to be doing me and tony are probably meeting with one of the elders from 1122 as we kind of work through him walking into the eldership position i don't think that's going to be a long runway at all because i think he's already pretty much there we're just going through just kind of the due diligence with them um so that's what that actually is right now what we have is a a board in place. Um, the board is actually um, Chan Kilgore, who's from, um, I can't remember, think of the church that he's from in Orlando, but it's a church down there, but he's Acts 29 also. Um, and then um, we have another gentleman out of uh, Seattle. And then Rue from 1122 is actually on the board as well. And so as we actually bring on eldership inside of our church actual elders anybody who functions on the board right now will start to drop off and we'll have our own team of elders so i think what we'll do like um especially with pastor jeremy leaving um me and tony will probably come together and then we'll probably bring on um some people like a small group as advisors for when we need to make decisions in the church whether it's something with you know, uh, somebody's pay or hiring somebody or any any big decisions for the church. Mm -hmm. um, Tony will be the only elder, me and him in it, but we'll probably have an advisory board to be able to bounce stuff off just to get wisdom from other people. So. Yeah, I think it's kind of like finances uh, with any church plant. You have to wait until you raise things internally, and it's the same thing with leadership. Yeah. Like you just slowly build it out, and as we build it out, more and more people from the outside drop off. Yeah, and you know, and I, I want to tell everybody this because I think it's important that everybody knows this just about our church and how we um, how we function and how we go to do stuff. Like when it comes to um, we believe in we believe it's biblical 
um, to have oversight and to have equality amongst elders. Um, and, and what we mean by that is that the pastor is not the boss dog of the church. Um, the pastor is the person who leads the church and leads the vision of the church, but there's still oversight from um, a leadership team and, and, and most really the eldership board. So it's not like you just go run and kind of do what you want to. Um, I think that's always a sign of, of uh, unhealthy trajectory of a church when like the pastor is like boss and he has a bunch of do boy elders that like do whatever he tells them to do. Um, so I think the way it should work is that pastors should have people that think for themselves and protect the church, even if it means protecting the church from him. Um, and so that's the way we plan. On, that's the that's where we're going with our church and, and how we I pray that it always is going to be this way. So. If Jay Harris starts tripping, the church isn't built on Jay Harris. We'll get Shirk Dog back and start moving and grooving, or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's the that's the biblical proper way for the church to be protected. Um, and so that's that's where that's where we're heading in the story with it. Yeah. So we'll leave any questions y'all have about that at the end. Um, the last thing about this year, and this is kind of exciting. We have three big events coming up. Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me say this too, real really yeah. quick. Just to add on this too, or whatever. Um, we also want to, one of the things we're throwing in the air too is a, a team for um, like a financial advisory board as well. Um, just f for, for, for people, we, we have some crazy long-term vision stuff that includes business. Um, we'll get into that next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right, well, let me chill. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you think? Um, so if you actually even hear of any of these teams and you, you feel like, man, I'd, I'd love to be a part of that, I, I feel... Maybe God calling me to be an elder one day, and I don't even know what that looks like, or I want to be part of the discipleship team, or any of that stuff. Please note that and let us know, because we want to know. Um, I think with even with eldership, it part of it is we can see potential in people, but unless they feel they have a call to lead, protect the church, then it, we, we can't just appoint people and pinpoint them. So there's got to be God doing something in your heart as well that hopefully we can meet in the middle with that. So gotta be god or you're crazy one or the other yeah yeah that's right um so three events this is exciting brandy so don't i just three events are coming up i just want you to be aware it's really exciting okay um all right you're already excited so three events for this this uh, year to close out we have a thanksgiving dinner coming up that we're going to do for the community hopefully get a lot of the guys from the liberty center involved and um what do we say uh, it's on the calendar, but it's probably like, what, a week before Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think it's the week before. So it's not Thanksgiving week so crazy for everybody with family, but we're going to have something here and hopefully a big feast, which should be really fun. Um, on December 9th, we are also having a uh, couple's night out. That's right, right? right? December 9th. December, yeah. 9th. December 9th. So we're going to have this thing where couples, uh, is it only married couples? Is only married couples? What about engaged couples? Okay. Engaged people come too. Um, but have some games, fun, whatever. Um, get to know other couples in the church. The last thing, this is exciting. Should I tell them? Tell them. Drop the bomb. We're going to be uh, shooting Christmas, Christmas time in the Ville part two. And uh, sorry, I have to get up for this one. Um, so, what we do know, last year we, we wrapped over uh, Ice Ice Baby. This year, should we tell them? No. No. Go to the video. 
Um, listen, this year is going to be crazy. I'm going to say this. I talked to a guy literally last night. I don't even think I told Jay this. But he said he would drive us around in a 60-foot boat to shoot the video. So if you want to be in the video this year, just be thinking of your Christmas game, what you would want to do and represent Christmas time in the Ville. That's all I'm going to say, and we'll uh, fill you in later. <clears throat> I'm thinking of a... Uh, Yo, like Phil, a, we, can't, we, can't, we can't drop the beat, disclose the beat game or nothing? Like, all right, all right. All right, um, big field call it. We ain't going to mess with it. All right. He, yeah, he's our artist. He's our PR guy. Um, I was just thinking of a, a jean jacket cut off with bedazzled Christmas tree in the back. That's just me, but we'll see what happens. All right, the last thing we're going to say before we get to the questions is uh, we're going to talk about 2018 and beyond. We're going to spend probably about 10 minutes on this because there's a, it could be, we could talk a lot about it. But just a vision for the future. We want to put it in your head. What does that look like for the future of the Ville Church? Where are we going? What do we want to be? And a lot of this, uh, I think Jay has really been, in 2017, been kind of like setting in stone, kind of praying with God, like what that looks like for the church. So Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make this quicker than you probably think, Shirt. Um, so um, I think when I start talking, sometimes it gets scary because, like, I'm, like, thinking, like, 10 years out or whatever, but I'm not going to go all the way 10 years out because I want people to start thinking I'm loony and all that other stuff. But just to give you kind of a – I just want you all to know the things that we're kind of playing with um, just for 2018 that we're looking at. Um, number one, there'll definitely be more house parties. Um, one of the things that's on our mind right now is a membership class. Um, that's – way overdue and it'll be something that people can do pre or post um you know but it's uh it's the intention is to really hit people with the dna of our church i think a lot of times what happens in our church um is people they bring their previous church experience which we all do um and there's just certain things within this church or whatever that like people could benefit knowing on the front end um you know so you know, it's kind of like if you go to, um, if you show up at somebody's house or whatever and, you know, they just had something tragic happen, you know, but you come in having a conversation, like, you know, after the fact, you're kind of like, oh, my God, I wish I would have known that because I wouldn't have said that. You know what I'm saying? And so I think, for you know, I think that we could do a better job, and I put this completely on us and on leadership. I think we could do a way better job of, like, laying out the uh, red carpet when people come in and making them just aware of just the different nuances that exist in the room and different things that they might not be aware of. And so, um, so with, and then just some of our values and our mission statement and, and what we feel God has called us to do specifically in this church. So we want to be super diligent with that. So that's like one of the things that's on the top of our list. Um, me and, um, and, and James Madison have been talking about um, um, a financial class um, with James teaching it and, um, what's my man's name? Um, yeah, yeah, with Dave Ramsey or whatever. But Ram's we, dog. But yeah, we we gonna, we so we're gonna we're, we're gonna go like we're gonna look at the Dave Ramsey curriculum and stuff. But we're gonna look how we can actually, um, you know, throw a little hood up in it. You know, 
And so we're about to go start reading through some books or whatever. And bring, you got to hooderize it. Yeah, we got to hooderize it, man. You know what I'm saying? And so we're going to do some things to the old Ram. We're going to do a Ramsey remix or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited about that because I just I think that's going to be really awesome for our church, number one, but also for anybody just in the community. When we start th- talking about community development and how economics plays into that, it'll be really huge for us to be able to serve people. Um, with that. So I'm really looking forward to doing that with James. Um, but marriage, um, um, something around marriage, uh, racial, con- uh, racial, con- racial reconciliation, or I think we say conciliation. conciliation. Yeah. All right. And then um, finances, parenting. Um, so those, these are just some of the topics of like stuff we want to build classes around going into the into 2018. I don't want to start there throwing up specifics right now because I know it's going to be a process as we build this stuff out. But some of the runway for us doing the two house parties right now going into Christmas is meant for us to have these conversations and start um, laying down a little bit more foundation for 2018. Um, so I just really feel like it's a year where God wants us to run. Um, and so that's what we're going to be doing. With I that think time. the last thing you should hit, Jay, is um, you were talking about putting together a finance team because you were looking to do some in the future with the church. Yeah, so... So, like, some of, some of this is, uh, some of y'all have heard me say this stuff before, but, um, and, and I may be speaking a little too soon, and like I said, a lot of the, like, this specifically will actually um, get yay or nayed by a leadership team at the end of the day, so I can dream about stuff all I want if, if whoever's um, in eldership at the time and whoever's in that leadership group doesn't say that they think it's, uh, you know, the best thing for the church, it just won't happen. But one of the things that um, we've been dreaming about for our first church plant is actually a store that functions also as a church. So who in here was has been to Straight and Narrow before when we used to have the store and kind of knew what that was? So most of y'all have actually saw I used to have a retail store, but um, with the retail store, you could slide everything out the way, and we used to have a Bible study there. Um, and one of the ways, reasons we started leaning this way is because it was so efficient for hitting. Um, I think, let me say it this way. I think with church, a lot of times, you know, a, a, church, is, a church should be very intention, intentional about always lowering the bar when it comes to finding themselves in this humble place before God where the least of these can walk in the room and feel at home. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it seems like the trajectory and the mission is to like get cuter. God is going to bless us and bring the increase and then we're going to get increased and nobody else can walk in the room and we get this kind of classism and this class division thing going on in the room. And that's not the, where we want to go. We want God to keep lowering us to this place where he gets really big, where anybody can walk in the room um, and exist uh, with us, right? And the wall of hostility is knocked down. The store was really, really good at that. Um, and it, it, it just, you know, and, and when it comes to the urban context, I think a lot of times it's almost like we've put on Saul's clothes with the way we, like his armor, when it comes to the way we do church. It's not what actually works for the context. It's not what actually will hit the youth in the city. It's like what somebody else dreamed up, and we're like, yeah, get them in the door. But it's like they don't really want to come in that door. Um, and so um, the Bible talks about those that are mature 
um, not satisfying themselves, you know, and, and pretty much lowering the bar for the least of these or whatever. And, and, and so I think we need the dream and um, perspective or in the spectrum of the people we're trying to reach often and put ourselves to the side. And when I think about the store and what that, what we saw that, because it was an experiment, it worked. It worked. A lot of people even in this room and a part of this church came out of the Bible study in the store. And just frankly, everybody said the same thing. I'm not coming near a church. They eventually did, but it was a, they needed a pit stop first, a place where they could sit and read the word um, and, and let God kind of draw them in. And so we just have been dreaming, like, what does it look like to plant churches, but not church, you know, like we're not talking about doing away with this one, but to actually plant a store um, and then actually put a, a church inside of the store and that the, the capacity of that location be simply what it is. And then if it goes starts overflowing, you go to another one um, and you plant another one because one of the problems with planting urban churches right now is economically it's just not happening. It's like everybody I talk to is like, yeah, we're – We've been raising money for three years, and we're about to check out because this is crazy. And, and uh, you know, so I'm trying to, like, how do we, how do we stop begging for money? Um, and a lot of churches in, in, in the urban context, they don't even have this going on. Like, we have, um, you know, economical diversity in the room. That's, you, that's probably less than 1% of churches in the United States, and I'm not exaggerating. Right. So we say diversity. Two point five percent is diversity in the United States. That's all you have is two point five percent. So but economical diversity, you're probably looking at about one percent, maybe two percent. So this is a very peculiar case of what we have in this room. Um, and, and I know it's hard, but I don't want us to take it for granted. If God is really flexing his glory through this church. And so I'm just, you know, dreaming crazy. Like, what does that actually look like that? look like and I think I have you know I think I have a vision for it and everything else but definitely somebody has to you know put the oil in the engine and make that thing work whatever so we just dreaming crazy I'm gonna throw it in the air and see what sticks or whatever so it's kind of like the church or the, the store worked like brilliantly bringing people in but you had said you just didn't know where to send them yeah most definitely and that yeah. was the issue yeah I, I wish I wish I would have known that I wish I would have thought of it like a church because I would have ran it differently um, because there was only so much discipleship I could actually do. And I was trying to push everybody to the church, but I wish in my mind I would have saw it at, as the church. Um, and, and, and so, but it, it's, it was it's for just two, Balancing two things, like the church is supposed to be, you know, proclaiming the gospel to the world, but a lot of churches become real insular and they just to themselves. Yeah. So how do you do both? Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's I, what I've heard Jay talking about it and dreaming about it for this past year. It seems like. Yeah. It seems great. Yeah. It gets my stamp of approval, but that doesn't matter. In yeah. Two months. Yeah. So, we'll, so. Uh, this, I mean, throughout 2018, we'll start dreaming and, uh, and, and seeing what it actually looks like and seeing if it's something that we could accomplish. And Cool. All right. So it's y'all's turn. Uh, any burning questions? things you've wanted to ask. Uh, we pretty much, we are cutting off at 8.30, which is a long time from now, I think. 45 minutes. So we don't have to go to 8.30, but if y'all have any questions, we want to hear them. Nat? Tanisha? You got a question? 
I'll let y'all figure it out. All right. Oh, with me? Right. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, where are we headed? So <clears throat> that's a good question. The answer is we're not exactly sure. Um, just to reiterate kind of what we said, uh, we wrote a letter to the church, but a lot of people said they didn't get this letter. Um, is there anyone in the room that did not get a letter from the church that I wrote? Okay. Great. Um, so when, and Jen, you can come up here if you want to talk too. Um, but basically when, when we got married, uh, we had decided to move two weeks before we were getting married to Jacksonville to help Matt Jensen, who is a friend of mine in college, plant this church. And our whole intention was just to see it planted. Like however long it takes that we love the idea of it and just felt like, Let's be a part of it. Let's do it. And um, then I started seminary, and so I was, I was planted here for, until I was finishing seminary. And as seminary was coming to a close, I saw it as, you know, Matt and Jay had this great thing going, and, you know, it's awesome. And then, obviously, the transition with Matt happened. And, um, yeah, so I knew it would be a, you know, a vulnerable time for the church, and Jay also was really gracious to me and Jen and um, encouraging and was like, hey, I know that this is what you're planning on doing, but um, I'd also uh, really appreciate it if you guys could stay and help make sure it was, find some more stability during this time. And, you know, me and Jen, at the end of the day, we love the church. Um, we, I mean, you can't be somewhere for five, five and a half years if you didn't really love it. And especially a place like this where it gets really difficult and really hard. Um, so I said, yeah, I want to obviously help Jay. I love Jay, and I think Jay has been an awesome, amazing leader for the church going forward uh, since the transition. And so I didn't really have, there was no end time of what that looked like. And um, basically we went to a conference in Orlando in May, and um, – when I was there, something happened. Um, <laughs> it was more than something happened. I, I was, I'm not a crier. Um, I'm not saying that to be a cool guy. I wish I cried all the time because it seems really great every time I do. But my once a decade cry happened last May. And I, when I was at this conference, I was like bawling, crying. I think I told it in a sermon one time. And I, and I went to the front and I asked for prayer and this lady put both her hands, like one on my chest, one on my back, and was like violently praying for me while I'm bawling, crying. It was like an out-of-body experience. Um, but what was I crying about, right? And I, I just felt like, I, I really felt like I was in the presence of God, and he gave me this phrase, which is really strange. I'm just going to share it with you guys. And it was, um, you don't have to martyr your dreams, it's kind of odd. I've never heard anyone say that phrase, and it doesn't really even make sense. Um, but when I started thinking about it, uh, when, when, before I got married, my whole life was anything I dreamed of, I was a big dreamer. I'd, anything, I'd do it. It'd be fun. It'd be awesome. It'd be an adventure. But I started seeing how I was, like, glorifying to myself, and really I was wanting to more uplift myself, be cool, show people what I was doing, rather than actually doing what I felt God was asking me to be faithful to. So right when I got married, there's something changed in me where I was like, you know what, that's not good. 
and so I'm just going to serve. That, that was my whole, like, whatever it was, like, I'm going to serve, Lord, wherever you want me, I'm just going to serve. And I also said this in the sermon one time, and I always remembered it, but Martin Luther said humanity's like just a drunkard who's on a horse, and we fall off one way, and we try and get back on, we overcompensate and fall off the other way. And basically that's what it was. I, I kind of fell off on the way of like making my dreams about me, but then I went off overcompensating the other way and saying dreaming's bad. So this whole martyring thing, like what I took from it was that I was for the cause of Christ not dreaming anymore. And God was telling me like, you don't have to martyr your dreams for me. I want to dream with you. What does that look like? And so I was just happy. I was like crying and just like, what does that mean? And over the next few months, I started thinking like and dreaming again. And what, God, where do you want me? And so then in the summertime, I started talking to Jay and just kind of being like, I don't know what's happening. I get excited by ideas super easily, but usually it's gone in two weeks. I, I already knew that day. How'd you know? Just, I just could tell. Yeah. Like, you know, when somebody has the moment, like I already knew what was up. Yeah. So there was just something, it was something different. I didn't know what it was. And so I just kept kind of laying it before God and talking with Jen about it. And it just seemed like um, coming into this place where it's like, you know what? I think for our next step in my journey with God, um, we want to learn more about how to do um, ministry for a lifetime. Um, So I I see two things. I'm going to share this and Jen can say yay or nay or whatever. But I think what what we're looking for is something where we can get around some people who have been doing ministry for like 40 years or so. Um, that's not, it doesn't have to be that number, but just a long time and just learn, be like, how'd you, how'd you stay in it so long? How'd you not quit? In, in seminary, they said, I think this is a statistic for all seminaries in America that right now people who get their MDivs, which is this master's degree to like go into vocational ministry. Um, what was it? 70% of people who get their MDiv are out of ministry in five years. So it's like something's wrong. Something's wrong with how things are going. And it always kind of stuck in my mind, like, well, and you, you feel the tension. I'm sure Jay feels it all the time. Like, what are we doing? Why, you know, this is so crazy. And I think with where me and Jen are, um, when I, so there's some of that. But I also was feeling this dream, like, I've told a few people this, and it's scary to say this out loud. But I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm leaving here in two months, so I can say anything I want. Uh, but I just feel this, uh, like this burden or something internationally. And I don't, it's not our next move. Um, but eventually I kind of feel that's where it's going to go. And honestly, I've been to almost every continent, but the one I haven't been is Asia. And it's for some reason, that's what I think about sometimes when I'm trying to go to sleep and I just think about how they don't have this opportunity to hear the gospel, and I don't know why. I can't say why. I, I'm not, it's not like a thought process of how I got there, but it just keeps coming up. So I'm trying to just even be intentional and in thinking through that and what that is, and obviously praying with Jen too. And so I don't know. I'm not saying that's where we're going to end up, but there's just something in me where it feels like God leading us, and there's already been a few things that have happened where it's like, okay, this is the right move, and um, he has us, and we trust him. So, Jen, did you want to add anything anything to that? Okay. 
Well, you don't have to. Okay. Cool. Let's just make this natural. Um, <laughs> um, um, I, I think for me, as I'm trying to back up, there were a couple moments I wanted to say something. But I think as the wife, it feels kind of like I'm trying to support Jair and rearrange. Um, <laughs> everything I care about. Um, I really want to go where Jer goes. And um, I think what Jer's sharing is real is that I've been concerned for a while that we're young and this was something we um, were passionate about and jumped into and it's awesome. But knowing that we're 29 and have these two little kids running around and you know, at the end of the day, I'm tired, and I want to be with a 85-year-old couple who are like, this is a, a good pace for you guys, or hey, maybe this isn't your pace. Um, so that's been something on our hearts and our minds is we came to the Ville never as a long-term stop, but our hearts are just so entrenched in it. We just keep staying longer because we'd never leave. Um, but I think it's best for our family, and it's been hard to process. But I think it's the good next step. When Jer, we weren't going to go into seminary when we started hanging out at the Ville. It really felt like we were just going to be there and praying and volunteering. And then Jer feels called to go to seminary, and, you know, things take a heavier weight. We just need to be trained and go through a lot of different, yeah, I think we have to be intentional on where we're at and, what we're doing, it's different now. Um, but it's good, and it's great. But I think that's where I'm at, is trying to support Jer, knowing that this is a good move for him and us on learning what it means to be um, pastors vocationally, me, a pastor's wife, um, and be intentional with our family and where we're at, and go where um, Jer's passions are leading him. I think for a few years, it was kind of like, just something in me, we were talking about it with some of our counselors, like I just wanted to stir Jer's pot up, like something in him was kind of getting a little antsy, and you seemed to be not sure what you were thinking, and we were talking about it with a few, including Jay, just like, Jer's a dreamer, but he's kind of not there anymore, he's just kind of, I think, doing the dad life, and being a provider, and it was kind of like, well, I, yeah, it's not what I, yeah, <laughs> You're the crazy guy. Um, so it's been a really cool season seeing Jer kind of come back um, to a, like a place where um, I think, you know, we were when we were dating where he just kind of saw the world and was really feeling like he had a lot of options and um, dreams. So it's been a good season for us, but it's also been really hard because I think if we would choose what we wanted and the people we'd want to be with, it would be, you know, here forever. So just kind of balancing all those Feelings. Am I saying that? That's fine. I've been talking yeah. to you a lot about it. I feel like, is that right? Yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Thanks. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. That answer your question. So at this point, to your question, we don't know where we're going. We've been, um, we've been talking to several people um, that have reached out and praying. I mean, at this point, we're just saying we're putting our hands out and our feelers out where we feel God 
leading us, but then if any door is open, then we're going to really pray and say, Lord, is this where you want us in the next season? Cool. Any, any more questions at all? Tyler, you're not allowed to ask any more questions at all. Any more? Come on up. Hey, guys. I'm Brandy. Hey, Brandy. Hey, Brandy. Um, <laughs> so, <coughs> I think, <coughs> pardon me. I think there's already a lot of criticism when it comes to the church and money and everything else. And I'm wondering, I don't think I got a problem with like, hey, there's a store. And then on Sundays, it's also a church. But if the two are affiliated, then how is it also separated so that it's not um, like really difficult for people, for the, for the world to understand what's happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good question. I mean, I think that I think we're not there yet. And I think probably a council of people would probably speak to those things. Um, but just practically, like the reason I can answer it based on why I'm even dreaming, kind of why, why that thought is even happening is because there's nothing like urban churches are just simply not sustainable. And so they're having, I mean, there's, there's, there's actually a couple examples out there where you have, um, like when we were at CCDA, they were talking about um, these people who started a pizzeria um, and different things like that, because it's like, if we're gonna actually do ministry in this context, we have to survive. And so we're gonna have to start, we're, we're gonna have to be businessmen and, and ministers at the same time. Um, and I think that, you know, you just have to have a proper board and proper people in place to make sure everything's ethical and honest and upright. And so that's why I think the council and a lot of wise people that would, you know, I can think on the outside of the vision, but somebody ha would have to deal with the mechanics. And, and, and it would need to have eldership as well, just like anything else, to be protected. But I think if people have to ask that question, it would be really great because it lets us speak into why it has to, ha why it needs to happen that way or why there needs to be an innovative, um, you know, effort or intentionality to, you know, deal with, you know, just the issues of that context and how do we get the gospel there, you know what I mean? And so, but yeah, I think that's good though. Brandon. And I think another thing with that too is um, every, every, every person has to stand before God and actually give an account for what they did and in some ways, I get the fear of, you know, what does that look like? But at the same time, if we're, we're to do it for honest reasons and with, uh, like, godly intentions behind it, then, yeah, the world's always going to think whatever about the church. And so it's, it's how do you balance not being fearful of what other people think and then being faithful to what you feel God calling you to do? Yeah. Ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so, so the store is a, a concept that's, but you're saying like when something like that takes place. So it, 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 I, don't, I guess I wouldn't have an answer for it cause we're kind of, you know, we're dreaming into it, but that's a great question to me. This is all the type of stuff that has to get thrown in front of it and why I would, you know, there needs to be actually a, a um, 
a team around it to help develop it. Like if it can't be done and be done in wisdom and not, you know, sabotage the church and the growth. And if it, if it's not a effective for the long-term mission, then it just won't happen until it's, you know, maybe it'll be a great idea, but it, it's actually more, you know, further off than, you know, than originally thought type of deal. So like I would, I would leave it up to be filleted, you know what I'm saying? And so my thing is I want to throw it in the air and let some people dice it up and see if it's actually wisdom and something we could lean into just for the sake of seeing the gospel go forward, you know? And it's like the thing of bivocational pastors, how they do it. I mean, they do it. Like I went to seminary with this guy who was Indian and he, he worked at CSX. He was in seminary full time. He was the lead pastor of his church and he had four children. It's I like, couldn't even comprehend that. I can't, I couldn't. I honestly, I couldn't even, it made no sense. But somehow, he made it work. So, I, I don't know how that works. Any more questions at all? Fran, you just raise your hand? Oh, okay, you're just stroking the beard. Okay, all right. He's thinking. He's all thinking. Right. All right. I saw James writing down some, uh, some things. James texting his boo. Any, anybody else? Anybody else? All right. All right, y'all. Well, hey, I appreciate y'all coming tonight. Let's give, him, let's give him five seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Jack. That's a good question. No, yeah, so I'll probably, we'll probably balance that out with, like, number one, like, maybe guest speakers, then also... Um, Tony Johnson as well will be preaching more. I mean, he's already, he already preaches occasionally, but um, so that's pretty much where we'll go go with it. I actually have been wanting to um, preach more than I have or whatever. I just, stuff has just been a kind of a whirlwind or whatever, but I think we're finding a lot more order just organizationally or whatever, and so um, I think we'll be able to um, give, uh, we'll be able to do it better, but I think we'll be able to manage it. We'll be able to carry it. I think we have enough um, um, leaders in the room and even we have ex-pastors in the room or, you know, that we can lean on. So, we'll be fine. Thank you, Jack. So, um, Jen, you want to answer this? <laughs> it's the VIP section up here. Jen, I'll let you get this. Um, we're thinking, actually, it was really Jay's idea, but we're thinking about this, uh, the kitchen area. Don't tell Patrick. He just reordered it. Um, but we're going to, what we think is try and downsize it into, you know, the refrigerators are back here. So we have this gray area is a long room full of a lot of supplies that maybe don't get used quite often. So we're going to try and move a lot of that up here into the storage area and wall off or curtain off the, um, like the freezer and a couple other things in the food. So Brandy can get barbecue supplies from the corner. And then the rest of the room would be probably 9 to 12 is where we're thinking of they're old enough that we could be like, don't go behind that curtain. Two and three-year-olds aren't really that great at that. Um, and then the second toddler room is there's another room in the back. Um, the conference room the pastors use to prep. Um, right now it's also the nursing room. That will be cleared out and made a toddler two room again. And then the conference room and the nursing room will be moved into a smaller area that's not being used. So just kind of smushing ourselves in a bit 
So the 9 to 12 will have a pretty good space. And then uh, the toddler 2, actually the babies will move out into that little area. And toddler 2 will expand to the baby room. Keep them locked back there with the doors. Yeah. Um, it's, it's still in the air, but they, they have some stuff going on, on there. And that we're still kind of waiting to see what happens with it. Yeah. Yeah, so, Jen, you want to answer this on Given? Um, to be honest, it's, it has historically been really sporadic, um, and I think that's just the nature. We have a lot of visitors, um, and we have a lot of sporadic. Um, we have people who come and go. It's, it's just, I think, the nature of a church plant. Um, but as you can see, that was the giving thing there was up until August 22nd. Um, we're more and more internally, which means um, our giving has actually gone up. Um, it took a pretty big dive for a while for full disclosure, probably f um, six or seven months. <clears throat> mm -hmm. A part of the transition, we lost a lot of members that were steady givers, and it's gone back up. Um, I don't know the specifics, but it, the sporadicness of it has stopped. We are, <laughs> if you want to do this, we're doing this, just barely. Um, but the good thing, we don't need giving to increase right now. We're covering our expenses. So when we only show $130 for our 2017 first half of our year, that's including, like that, that covers all of our bills and it pays everybody. So we've just made $130 and have saved it. Um, and that even includes the missions that were going on in the city and um, MLK parades, so we're good. Um, so we don't really need it to tick. So we're steady, and that's good. Um, but really sporadic is, unfortunately, I think the nature of our game. I keep meaning to <laughs> look up when does it all mellow out, but probably I 10 years. I think when we um, get $140 in the bank, we get a platinum card. So <laughs> that's what we're shooting for. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that positive 130 is with like the really rough beginning of the year. Um, so. So yeah, it's, I think it's a lot. It's been a lot. Our P and L sheets have been pretty stable for the past. Nice usage. Couple of, of months. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Teens. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we have a couple of families with kids that age, but not a whole lot. Um, I know um, Miss Donna Friel usually brings the EVAC crew from Lehigh School, um, 
and and that actually might increase because we 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 might have somebody start bringing their youth program here too that I just talked to two weeks ago, and so we a lot of things too like when it comes to teens and and just ministry stuff for the youth. I really want to collaborate with Second Mile because we just do a lot of stuff with them, and so I've been talking to um, to Neek Smith over there that works with their teenagers as well, and he's he just recently started visiting over here, so I'm like, we need to connect and dream a little bit. So, but that's that's on our mind really hard right now. I actually think we we would already have our foot in on teens if we weren't in the middle of the transition because that's what we've been planning on for a while now. And I know a lot of people are super eager, so. But we are, we are too. I just wanted, that's why I wanted to talk tonight. I wanted to let people know that we have our eyes on it. We just are, you know, slowing down for the transition and stuff. But going into 2018, we should be able to jump into a lot of that stuff. And I think with teens too, sorry. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, like, the thing has been, like, we've been thinking about it for probably over a year. Yeah. But with the dynamics of our church, it's hard just to start something up because it's just, it's not going to go well. So it has to be really thought out and how we're going to, you know, lay it out. Because on top of that, we have a lot of teachers and they bring kids from middle school and high school. And it's like, how does, how do we include all of that into something where they're getting discipled, you know? It's Yeah. Any other questions? You had a second one? I saw that. No, don't. Tyler can't. No. Someone's coming to the mic. Hold on one second. Someone I came to the mic. I can't talk loud, so I'm coming to the mic. Um, we weren't here. We were with the kids when you did the membership joining thing. So I have no idea who is, like, what the makeup of our church is as far as members versus comers. And yeah. I just wanted to get this one. Okay, great. What we should do and what we will do, and I'll put it on my task list this week, is I did this for the Johnsons because they asked, but they said, can you give me um, the names of all the members? And I sent them a spreadsheet for it, but I think it would be good for all the members. I'm just going to send it out to everyone, just a spreadsheet, say, hey, this is everyone who's actually filled out a membership form and been approved. And so I'll send that out this week. Yeah. Well, I know who uh, is at the top of that list, Daniel. All right. Anybody else at all? Well, one more. Wait. Hold on. She came to the mic. She gets preference. Um, what's the feeling toward uh, replacing Jen? Like, do you have someone in mind already? Are you still? Are you waiting for someone to come up or? Are you nervous that no one will or like for you're saying for Kidsville? Yeah. So, well, we're kind of just talking about the role and kind of what it what it's going to look like and stuff. And I mean, I guess we really already know that. And Jen has somebody in our mind. And so we'll probably go through an interview process. Um, you know, go, Jen, you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good question because I actually don't have anyone I have two people in my mind, but 
I would love, love, love names. I think I would love a deep pool and to be able to interview 15 people would be ideal. Um, so if any, the currently right now, <laughs> um, if you know anyone who has a passion for children, um, we just, it would just be great to have a resume. Uh, Jay and I are being intentional because the context is just different. It's just not just gonna be someone who loves kids. Um, but we need names, I think that'd be really good. So if, um, I did wanna say, it's a paid part-time position, um, probably about 15 hours a week. It could be more than that, but I would say that's a good average. And um, if you could give resumes maybe to Jen at theville.church, J-E-N-N, um, or just talk to me after Sunday, that'd be really great. Yeah, yeah, I would say what we're looking for is people who actually uh, not just love kids, but actually want to lead people who love kids, like somebody who has that kind of heart, like from an organizational standpoint, like I really want to love kids by leading people who lead kids. Feel what he said? Anybody else? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tyler, I'm sorry, brother. Tyler. Um, I, I would say more so, um, more than any, I, to be honest with you, I think more so Kidsville more than anything. Um, I like, I, I think, I think that we can, you know, like me and Tony talk a lot. We're really close. I think our heart is really aligned on stuff. I feel like a lot of the things that are happening in the church with the teams, um, it's already giving me rest, even though it doesn't feel like it, just because of the crazy stuff that's going on. But it's already just giving me rest in my life and and, and, uh, and just feeling like it's going to be more healthy once we get past this crazy season. Um, so, I, so I feel confident with that type of stuff. Um, I think when it just comes to the kids, I'm, I'm always – it's a big deal. Like kids is a really big deal for our church um, and the type of leader we have um, – and so, you know, Jen has just been so done so well with it, with loving the people, the leaders that are there, and um, and and so I really want something that's that is is very similar to that. Um, and so that's that's my biggest concern. And then there's some things that just from a support stand, standpoint, where it's um, admin, secretary stuff that I know I need to be able to function. It's like my 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 role is just. I don't know, just relationally, even what's happening in the city and then my involvement with Acts 29 is like, I feel like I'm pastoring the church, pastoring the street, and then they're like, hey, can you come lead our southeast region and just different stuff? And I'm like, I can't even deal with all the correspondence. So, like, I'm, you know, and I think I'm one of those people like, no, I don't want to do that and start turning into that guy that needs an assistant, but I'm like, it's getting to the point where I'm like, I can't manage this stuff. So, we've been talking about, like, well, Jay, what do you need to function well or whatever and go home and be present with your family type stuff? So, But Kidsville, that's the biggest thing I'm nervous about is finding the right person for that. And, and, and I, feel like I'm, I feel like we're girding ourselves up well to be patient and, and, um, and wait for that next pastor to walk in. And I think when we see him, we're going to know him just because of this experience and what we've kind of went through over the year with Pastor Jeremy and stuff and, and just what we've been able to kind of learn in the process. Mm -hmm. So I feel confident about that, you know. So. Well, you've also told me you're nervous that he's not going to be as funny as me. It, well, that's true. Yeah. I like, yeah, yeah, you know, we need somebody that's crazy a little bit that'll, you know, eat 
you know, we never waste food at all. I know that. <laughs> Jeremy eat off anybody's plate, so you know. All right. Anybody else? In the back. In the back. Any questions from the Dodger fans? No. Nobody at all. Okay. All right, y'all. Shirk Dog, you mind praying this out? Yeah, let's pray. All right. <clears throat> um, Lord, I, I just feel really honored and thankful um, to be at this church and to serve this church. Um, the idea that um, there could actually be room for grace and mercy and patience and love, uh, even when I'm feeling... You, you point me to something new is, is remarkable, and it, and it speaks volumes to who you are and then who you've made this church to be. Um, thank you for moving through the, the hearts and the minds and souls of the people of the Ville Church. Um, I'm just thankful for everything that you've taught us, um, the places that you brought us from, and the places you're taking this church. Um, I, I really believe that this is your church, and I've just been um, honored to get to serve in it and to know that you are really um, loving the people here in uh, Liberty and Confederate um, and changing lives uh, through the grace that you show us. Um, thanks for Jay. Thank you for um, giving him a heart to... Um, pastor of church, it's a, it's a difficult, difficult call. And um, I'm glad he has the courage to step out in faith to do it. And thank you for all the people that are here that are, that are supportive and um, leading in their own ways throughout this church. Um, your, your church is a body of believers. We all have a part. And um, you know, Christ is the head of it. And we worship, we worship Jesus. And we're thankful for him. And um, just continue to bless the church and continue to give people questions and encourage to ask questions. We want to answer anything that anyone has. Um, we want to lay bare ourselves. We don't want to hide anything. Um, we we want to trust you and just we give all of this to you. And we ask that you continue to protect it, grow it, and transform it into your image. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, love y'all. Hey, um, grab some food on the way out, y'all, because there's still a lot back there. All right? Appreciate y'all.